open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 through 37. I'm just going to read that verse, verses, and if not, that's fine too, I'll read it for you. Uh, as we continue our discipleship journey on Wednesday nights, tonight is biblical communication. Talked about biblical love and certainly uh, the biblical communication for this evening. And Lord willing, next week we'll pick up on biblical relationships. That will complete this section of the steps that we talked about um, uh, in a couple of weeks ago. And then we will pick up a few more steps in our journey uh, as we're almost winding up here on the series of the discipleship journey. If you're just joining us, I highly recommend you go back to Facebook and pick up on the original teachings uh, from step number one and, uh, and go through them all. Very important for you, for your discipleship, or if you're teaching or discipling someone else up, that is where you will wanna go back and, and look at uh, those teachings and, and much of that scripture. Let's uh, open up in prayer. Father, again, we thank you for this evening, Lord. And as we open up the discussion here around biblical communication according to your word, I pray, Lord, you will speak to the hearts of the listeners. Holy Spirit, move in a mighty way in the hearts of each and every person. And may they just draw you close, them closer and closer to you in that desire to keep walking and following you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 through 37, it picks right up here and says, How can you, being evil, speak good things? Speaking to the religious leaders at that time, calling it the brood of vipers, asked, How could you, be, uh, being evil, speak good things? How can that be? How's those good things coming out of your mouth, supposedly, but you're doing evil things? That doesn't line up. He continues, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every, for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So clearly the communication of direct communication is how important it is that our words line up with our actions. You can say one thing, but if your actions and your thoughts and your, uh, be, and your just your overall behavior uh, and attitude doesn't line up with the scriptures, be very careful on what you, pro you project because what comes out of your mouth is from the heart. And so people may not know your heart, but you get to know someone's heart by their actions or their words that come from their life. And you can see if they're lined up with the scriptures or not. Because our words or your words and the manner of which you speak are critical to keeping a harmonious relationships with others. As you learn to speak the truth in love, and that does take practice, you must also determine when to speak, how to speak, 
And, and learn how to edify others with your manner of speaking. And to whom you should speak. Because the power of your words are much more powerful than you think. Those power of your words are enormous and they can also show the condition of your heart. And that is so important you need and I need to learn these things. Even your idle words will be accounted for, we see in the scripture, in the day of judgment. So those are, oh, those are just, that didn't mean anything. Those are just, you know, I'm just rambling along. We'll be accounted for of those. We will be judged by those words we were just just, just saying. We have to be very careful in Proverbs 12, 18. There's one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Sometimes you can talk or you're listening to someone and it just pierces you. And other times it promotes health, a healing with the words they use. In Proverbs 21, verse 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Your soul, your emotions, your inner thoughts there. It can really help you by guarding the mouth and the tongue. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 37, how important it was to be brought to light you're, you are even in your religious manner, your position of, of authority on the scripture. Oh, you're just a brood of vipers because what you're saying is and doing is evil. And, and what's coming out of that mouth is, is from your heart. It's not right. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is head, Christ. And then when you jump down to chapter 4, verse 29 of Ephesians, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for, uh, for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And lastly, here in this introduction, we see, Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Your, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. Learning and practicing how to communicate and to respond in love to one another. It says there in Colossians 4, 6, your speech must be with grace, you must show grace to others. They're not perfect. But when you're communicating with someone who is not perfect and you're not perfect in how you communicate, make sure it's, it's salt, meaning the truth. And learn how you might know how ought to answer each other, each one. Learn how to respond and how to best respond in that communication. So what do your words reveal? The scripture shows very many, many scriptures what your, your speech reveals from your heart. The first one is your words are a mirror of your heart. We see that in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good. 
An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So just listening to people's conversations at work, you will know what kind of a person you're working with. What is happening in the household, where there may be the attitude or the mindset of someone in the household, where they're sitting in regards to, they say everything's fine, but their words say something different. Or it could be at church, it could be with the neighbors, I mean, just whatever it may be in your day-to-day operations, or when you're going through the checkout list, and you're listening to the words of the teller, you can kind of sense what's happening by, in their heart based on the words that, or the actions from their, their words of uh, where their heart is. And we need to learn how to communicate effectively when we recognize that person on the phone that you called to get some help, they're not helping very well. You and I must learn to quickly recognize what's coming out of their mouth and, uh, and how to work with that person on that phone. And we must practice these things. Why? Because our words are a mirror of your heart. The second thing we, is revealed by our words is your words reflect your intent to heal or to hurt in that conversation. There's many scriptures on that. I'll just give you a couple. One is Proverbs 16.24. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the bones. We also see in Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Such power is in that little muscle called the tongue. We have to be very careful because your words reflect your intent in the communication you're having with someone if it is going to be of healing or one of hurt. The next thing that it reveals from the words from our mouth is your words are indicators, measurements of your spiritual maturity. I'm very mature. I mean, as a Christian, I've been a Christian for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, five years, a year. You can tell by the words, not the Christianese they picked up, but by the love of their communication will tell you if they're a mature Christian or not. And we see that very clear as indicators of your spiritual maturity. 2 Timothy 2.16 but shun profane and idle babbles, for they will increase to more ungodliness. You hearing profanity coming from the mouth of a perceived Christian, do not be revealed that, that that just reveals they're not a mature Christian or a not a mature uh, Christian at all. Because as you mature as a Christian, the profanity that comes out of the mouth should not be in the heart, and it should not be coming out of the mouth. That has not been worked out of your life. Or idle babbles. Or un- increasing over the more of ungodliness that it reveals from your heart. James 1.26 says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious, I'm a Christian, 
and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Now, I don't know about you, but James makes it very clear, does he not? God speaking to James and revealing to, by the power of the Holy Spirit to you and I today even, if we find ourselves where your tongue is not controlled and you will say and do whatever the world and the lust of the, of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and pride of life, all of these things will come out of your heart. It will come through the tongue, by, off the tongue. And James says, I don't care what you religion you're saying you are. That religion is useless. Useless in what way? Wherever you're going to church and whatever religion you practice is not changing the heart. It's not doing you any good, man. Examine your heart. Examine what you're doing and what you're listening to. Because it's useless. We also see that our words reveal a self-focus. A self-focus or by cursing. Or a, focus on, or a focus on God and others by blessing. We see there's a difference. Their words will going to bring a cursing upon people. It's going to bring a negative upon the person. Or it's going to bring upon a blessing to the person. That will determine if you're self-focused or if you're really focused on God and others. Again, I'll give you to James chapter 3, verses uh, 9 through 12, but I'm going to give to you 10th and 11 because those are very, very specific. Out of, this, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? And so the scripture is very clear. If you've got their cursing going on, coming out of your, uh, this negative coming out of your, uh, your mouth, Where's the source? Oh, I'm a Christian, and then you turn around and you, you try to, to say these good things and these blessing kinds of things. Well, it's, what is it coming out of? Fresh water can't come out of a polluted water source. And if something's polluted coming out of your mouth, you can't say you've got your heart is right. That's what James is saying to us. But the words we use reveals your heart. It's like a mirror. You can't get around it. The second thing we need to look at is to whom should we speak? To whom do we speak to? Speak with the Lord first in order to gain his perspective. What's your number one person you should be talking to? Every day and the majority of the day is our Lord. We see that in James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Oh, what do I do in this situation? Oh, how am I going to handle this situation? What am I going to do next? And all these conversations we have in our head here. But God is saying, and the scripture says, we should be speaking with the Lord first. Those thoughts should be talking to him first. And then after we talk to the Lord, who's the second? Speak to yourself next. Then you need to speak to yourself to determine changes you may need to make in your life. 
Go back and read Matthew's chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. Look at Romans 2.21. Most people talk to themselves. They don't talk to the Lord. And they wonder why they do not do what is wise. Because they lean on their own understanding. And there's others who will talk to the Lord, but then they don't talk to themselves to say, Lord, based on what you've just been, I'm talking to you about, I need to examine my heart because it's not lined up with the scripture. It doesn't line up with the word of God. That's why I always encourage you, if you have heavy things in your mind and communication, open up the word, take a walk, sit quietly and read the word. Talk to him about the things you need to talk to him about. Then you talk to yourself to examine how do I need to change in regards to my communication with you or with someone else. Then after you talk to yourself, then you speak to the wise. Not to the foolish scoffer, but to speak to the wise. We see that in Proverbs, uh, I'll pick 23, verse 9. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wise of your words. So another problem we have in communication is we don't talk to God first. And if we don't, we do, we finally come to him, we finally talk to him, then we don't examine our own self. But if we got the Lord right and then we got our next right, then we have a tendency to turn to the whoever in your coworker who happens to be listening to you, who's a fool, who's not godly at all, <laughs> and you talk to your neighbor who's not godly, or you talk to your uh, relative or someone in your family who's not walking with the Lord, and you spew out and try to get their opinion on things. No, the scripture very clearly states that we are, thirdly, are to speak to the wise. Those who are in the word of God. Next, you, then you speak to the receptive, not to the quarrelsome. If you've gotten wise counsel, then if you're going to speak to a receptive group that of, of what God is doing in and through your life and you're looking and talking to them about it, talk to them, not the quarrelsome, not those who will not listen to you. Though they're just going to quarrel with you. They're going to butt heads with you in regards to the things of God. Proverbs 17, 14 says, The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contentions before a quarrel starts. How important it is that it's, if you start a quarrel, you, you just, you're just emotionally erect and you want to start a quarrel, you're opening up a floodgate, man. And that gush of water is going to come pouring right down and you're going to get wiped out by it. You can go back and read Proverbs 20. Verse 3 as well. Also, who do we speak to? Is speak only to those who need to know. It's a good warning for many. We see that in Proverbs 11, verses 13 and 14. It says, a talebearer reveals secrets. But he who is a faithful spirit conceals a matter. Where there is no counsel, the people fail or fall. 
But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So in the scripture here, if you're going to sit down and you need to tell someone about something, make sure it's a wise person who's in the word of God. Not some scoffer. You're going to talk to someone who is receptive, not someone who's going to quarrel and butt heads with you about this. You want someone who's going to sit and be receptive to listening to you. But you're also going to only speak to those who need to know because you'll be at great risk if you have a communication problem with someone else and you sit there and you're talking, to the, you're talking to God about it. You're talking to yourself about it and how you possibly need to change. No, I've come to the conclusion only that person needs to change. I don't need to change. They're the problem. As a matter of fact, I'm going to confirm that by going to someone who I think is really wise. Like my mailman. Catch him at the mailbox, he'll listen. Get his input, his opinion. And then you turn around and you find yourself speaking to those who have no need to know what you're talking about. Especially when it comes to someone else. And that's a challenge for many. It's something they need to mature and grow in, where they find out some information, a secret, or some challenge or issue, and they will cannot wait to ask a multitude of people. Or they have a challenge in their own life and they can't wait to come to church and tell 10 people about their challenge that is going on in their marriage at home. That should not be. That should not happen. Be very careful in the words as we see in the scripture regards to just speaking out to tell everyone about everything. It is not wise. We also, to whom we should speak to, is we should speak to those who need hope, who needs comfort, who needs restoration, who needs regeneration, or to lead them to Christ, that spiritual new birth that they need, that as you speak to them, you realize they're not born again. These people you should be speaking to as well, and you need to share the, the good news, the gospel to them. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, God of all comfort, who controls us in all our comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves comforted by God. So God brings you through things in life that will allow you to be able to know the scripture that God used to comfort you or to encourage you or to lead you through a certain situation. Then God wants to use that appropriately when God leads for you to help another person. That's how it works in the fellowship of, of believers. That God will bring you in the path of someone who has experienced or has the information from the word of God that God has prepared them to share with you at that moment on that time. The question is, is are we open and letting the Holy Spirit lead us to do that? 
Or the opposite side, are you open to receiving the word of God in the times of troubles and situations you need to be comforted by? Not only are you ready to be ready in season, out of season to help another person, but the question is, are you willing to receive? I think one of the biggest challenges in the fellowships of believers is people who don't believe they can, don't, they, that the fellowship could, would ever help me. They could never help me. They, you know, I'll help them. They all need help, but I don't need help. Be very careful of that kind of mentality. It's not in line with the scripture. Not only do your words reveal what's in your heart, not only do we see how, who we are to communicate with, biblically communicate with others, but when, you, when should you speak? The scripture says, speak after gathering the facts. Proverbs 18, 13. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. <laughs> Not that I have this problem at times, or no one else has these problems, but quick to speak versus just listening and getting all the facts before you uh, have a tendency to finish someone else's sentence. Should not. And we need to practice and learn not to finish people's sentences, but to listen. Get all the facts before you respond. How important that is. So that's when we should, how should you speak? You should speak after gathering the facts. Listen attentively, the scripture says, rather than concentrating on what you are going to say. We see that in Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out forth evil. We need to practice listening attentively, fully, completely, to actually hear. Sometimes you can hear things that are not really spoken, but you can pick up on and hear what they're really intent to say. Listen to all sides. Don't jump to conclusion. There's always more to the story. You can go back and read Proverbs 18.13 and Proverbs 18.17. Someone comes and tells you a story. Did you hear? Did you know? You won't believe. Anytime you hear a conversation that starts like that with you, be aware. <laughs> be automatically go into listen mode. Because you're going to want to listen very attentively and you're going to want to understand that before you speak, get all the facts and also know there's always more to the other side of the story. The coin has two sides. How easy it is for us to give one side of the story and not get the full view. It's important to do that. We also need to understand you should speak and focus, when you, when you speak, you should focus on facts and not opinions. 
Ask the who, what, when, where, and whys. Or I should say, ask who, what, where, when, and how, not so much the why. Ask those questions to get to the root. Focus on the facts, not on opinions. Proverbs 13.10. Proverbs 18.15. 2 Timothy 2.23. These scriptures speak to and help us understand and remember when it comes to those kinds of situations. Another part is ask questions to gain insight. Not those that merely solicit a yes or no response, but it's okay to ask questions from a questions because you're trying to get a full understanding of what they're really saying. Sometimes people just blurt some things out and you're like, that conversation started here and it kind of spider webbed over to here and it was down to here. And you've got to have to ask questions of where they're going with this conversation because they want to tell you something, but they don't really want to tell you everything. And, it does, and not telling you everything is really vital for you to understand what they're trying to tell you. So then it's important if you're going to communicate or you're going to listen to someone communicating, be open to the fact that you're going to have to possibly ask them additional questions to gain insight, not some just questions where they can say yes, no. That, that, that doesn't answer many times the things that you need to have. Proverbs 20, verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. <laughs> Sometimes you're drawing the conversation, like, okay, she's not getting there, or he's not getting there. Okay, let me ask you a few more questions. Let me see if I can get them to get there, to draw it out of them, to actually tell me what they're really saying, or what they should be saying. We also need to speak after thinking. It's okay to pause and to think through things to get a full understanding of what they're saying. Proverbs 13.3. And many Proverbs. If you have a, a regular diet of the Proverbs, you cannot go wrong when it comes to learning about biblical communication. We also know that speak at a, the appropriate time. Proverbs 15, 23. Make the most of any opportunity to provide grace to build up others. You're trying to encourage others in their walk. Take those opportunities, appropriate timing to show grace and to, to encourage them in their walk with the Lord. Ephesians 4, 29. And again, Colossians 4, 5, and 6. But not only do you look for opportunity to provide grace in building others' people up, but we need to speak with a blessing even when insulted or persecuted. Now, this is very, very difficult in biblical communications. Someone just got done blasting you and telling you everything wrong about what you did wrong. 
or where you're failing or falling short, however they're presenting it, but they're blasting you. They're, they're persecuting you for what you did or did not do according to their opinions. They're insulting you. You and I must reach deep down in what the Holy Spirit to lead that conversation and speak with a blessing to them. Be a blessing to them in your words response, not to respond in like kind with another insult or persecuting them back. We see this in Proverbs 20, Proverbs 20 verse 22, Romans 12 14 and 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 8 and 9. And I give you all three of those scripture references that I have here because I think that is one of the biggest challenges for us as a Christian to biblically communicate with someone who's insulting or persecuting you. How do you handle that type of situation at work? How do you handle that in the family or with brothers and sisters? We also know that there's appropriate time for everything. And when appropriate, help another by admonishing or correcting or restoring him or her in regards to the way they're thinking or the way they're speaking. There's an appropriate timing. There's sometimes someone's going to communicate and you're like, that's not biblical. And it's not appropriate timing to, to come right back at them with that information. You must have maybe have to wait and listen out for a little bit longer and take a little bit more of the stuff that they're spewing out. I don't always recommend we see in the scripture, you brood of viper. <laughs> you know, that's not, it usually closes communications down. But there's times where that might be appropriate for someone who is absolutely evil. But if there's an opportunity to help another brother or another sister, to restore him, correct him, or admonish, I'll give you some of the scriptures here. Romans 15, 14. Galatians 6, 1. Colossians 1.28, and I can go more and more, but I'll get, those are the key ones that I will give you to go back and meditate on. Now, if you're going to communicate with them, the question now, the next question is, is how should you speak? You've taken it all in, you've listened to all of this, and now it's time for you to communicate back. There's a very biblical way to communicate back. The first one is what? Speak in love. We see that in Ephesians 4.15. We're to speak in love. That is the first thing you have to remember if you're going to speak and respond. You must be speaking in love. We know this because love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Does not brag. It's not arrogant. Is not provoked. And does not take into account a wrong suffered. Again, go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. That specific study, if you remember, was what? Last week, in detail, we broke that down piece by piece of each one of those meanings. 
We also know that love covers transgressions or sins whenever possible and biblically appropriate. Love covers. We see that in Proverbs 10, 12. In 1 Peter 4, 8. We want to help other people. And love will help bridge that communication Gap, especially when you're talking to someone who are, whose heart is not right. So not only are we to speak in love, but we also know that we're to speak with control over emotions. If you're going to respond, make sure it's in love, but it's also that your emotions are in check. If you find yourself revving up like they're revving up, the last thing you should be doing is responding with your words. You better go quiet, man. Go silent. Listen. Pray. Remember? Talk to God first. Then you sit there and say, God, help me in my communication here because I want to respond, but I know this is not going to be speaking in love. So you're going to talk to God, and then you're going to say, okay, I'm not thinking love here. I've got to change my words before I respond. So I'm starting to talk about myself. And if you can, reach out a friend who's wise to help you. How do I, how do I respond to this situation, to this person? You should get wise counsel. But if you can't, because it's, it's right there in the moment, you better be having that conversation and say, am I going to be able to speak in love? And am I, is my emotions in check? If they're not, you better continue to be talking to God only at that point in time. Be very careful with your words. Proverbs 16.32, I'll give to you on that one. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. You want to know who's mighty? Someone who can control that tongue is more mightier than someone who can go in there and just blast out a city. It's easy to push the button and destroy a city. It's easy to tell people, the army to go and let's wipe out and just drop the bombs and let's go forward. But it's much more difficult to control your emotions. Not only do you speak in love, not only do you make sure you're, you're, you're speaking with control over your emotions, but you need to speak without quarreling. There's a book, Love and Respect, about getting on the crazy cycle, where you all of a sudden in this relationship, you start quarreling over something. We're not to do that. Proverbs 17, 14. Proverbs 20, verse 3. And again, another, another one I'll bring you back to is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. You must learn not to quarrel. Even if the other person wants to quarrel, wants to get into headbutting and start arguing, you cannot allow yourself to get pulled into the spiraling going down. We also need to speak with sweetness. <laughs> sweetness, gentleness, graciousness, a respect or a reverence. But at the same time with confidence and authority. Again, we see that in Proverbs 15.1. How about go back and read 1 Peter 
I like Titus chapter 2, verse 15. Look, I can have probably about six more scriptures right here on that subject alone. We also need to speak with a blessing in response to insults. We talked about that. You're being insulted. You're listening. You're not responding. Now you're ready to respond. You know you're going to speak in truth and love to this person who just insulted you. You're going to speak in without your emotions in check. You're not out of control. You're not angered. And you're not going to quarrel with them over things. You're going to think about gentleness and show grace here in your response. But speak with a blessing to respond in insult. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. How do you bless someone who's insulting you? Hand them a bottle of water. Show an act of kindness as some, some way to, to bridge, to calm things down. They're insulting you because they're looking to have a, 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 a start wrestling with you and butting heads. You have the ability to control that. And you have to ask God, how can I show a blessing in this situation? This guy is literally coming after me. And then speaking in a manner that is acceptable and pleasing to God. God, when I'm about, what I'm about to say, will that please you? Why? Because you and I are accountable to God of what comes out of this mouth. We see that Psalm 19.14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Now I know Mark is already singing that song right now because I'm singing that song every time I read that scripture. That's a song. If you don't know that, we'll have to get, see if I can get Mark to sing that song here for us. Also go back in 1 Thessalonians 2.4. Is it acceptable to the Lord what you're about to say? And then the next is, what should you not say? And from a time perspective, let's move quicker with this. And I won't give you as many scriptures, even though I have a lot. What should you not say? You should not lie. Proverbs 4.24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and, and your perverse lips far from you. Go back and read Colossians 3.9. So not, you're not to lie. You should not use words that are unwholesome or slanderous or malicious or abusive. Ephesians 4.29. You should not curse or speak with bitterness. Why? Because these are signs of wickedness of the heart. And ungodliness and unrighteousness. We see that in Psalm 10, verses 2 through 11. We see that in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 18. It's wickedness if you have bitterness. If you're cursing and speaking with bitterness, it's wickedness. 
Next one is you should not speak in a silly, joking, or coarse manner since this is not fitting behavior for a child of God. And that is in Proverbs 26, verse 18 and 19, and also Ephesians 5 4. 5.4 says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. You're supposed to be giving of thanks of this relationships. You also should not say, or you should avoid worldly and empty chatter, since that leads to further ungodliness. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 20 and 21. O Timothy, guard what was your committed to your trust. Avoid the profane and idle babbles and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. We should not, we should avoid the worldly chatter that everyone else has when you gather together you can expect that from a worldly person but if a person who's a christian you shouldn't be expecting worldly conversations empty chatter things that are empty there's no value especially as it could very much lead to ungodliness so we need to check what we should not be saying Another one is you should not talk too much or be quick to speak since this leads to an unavoidable transgression and is characteristics of an undisciplined life. Someone who just talks and talks and talks and talks. Be very careful. Psalm 39.1 Psalm 141.3, I'll read that one for you. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. James 1.19, my beloved, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Another one is, it is deceptive to use flattering words for the purpose of gaining an advantage. Oh, be very careful of those who flatter you and flatter you. There's a, only a matter of time. If they're not being genuine in what they're trying to get to communicate with you, there is a hook somewhere to ask you for something. Proverbs 29.5, I will give you. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Jude 1.16. These are grumblers and complainers and walking according to their own lusts. And they, they mouth great swelling words, very flattering words, flattering people to gain advantage. Be very careful of those who flatter. You should not gossip. Reveals a contentious spirit within you and fosters a contention between other people. You want to know why there's many times contentions between people? Because there is gossip going on. Proverbs 18.8 The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles. 
and they go down into the inmost body. Be very careful of those who gossip. It should not happen. Even Proverbs 20.19, He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Do not associate. You become association with them. You become entrapped in their life. Did you hear the gossip that someone said? Oh yeah, I heard. I saw that person hanging out associate. They associate with one another. Now you're caught even though you're not even the one gossiping. Now you're associated. Now you're caught in the net. Be very careful. Do not associate with those who have not repented of gossip. Proverbs 26.20 Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no tellbearer, strife ceases. So if someone's gossiping, you don't entertain it. Matter of fact, you call it out in love. Are, are you gossiping? I hope that, that's you telling me that there's no godly reason why you're telling me this. Oh, oh, I just, I just wanted to make sure you understood we should be praying for that. For, no, 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 no. That was not your position, let alone you're the one to be even saying these things. And when there's no wood to burn, if you don't take it, then it stops right then. It stops there. Don't entertain those who gossip. Gossip is to be put away from your life. And you are not to associate with gossip. And lastly, on this one section is you should not boast about what you have accomplished or what you plan to do since all you have accomplished in the past or all you may accomplish in the future is a gift of God's grace. What do you and I have anything to boast about? It's only because of God's grace that you were able to achieve those things. If you understand the sovereignty of God and you understand how he works in and through your life as a Christian, you and I cannot boast about anything. Because you know it's only by the grace of God you were able to achieve these things. And so we have to not boast about our accomplishments and what you plan to do in the future. Boasting about yourself is a sign of arrogance and a failure to recognize God's sovereignty and ability, enablement in your life. You're discounting what God is doing in and through your life. You're sitting there, well, that was a pretty hard pill to swallow. Let me give you a few more. Go back and read Psalm 75, verses 1 through 8. Or Proverbs 27, 1. Jeremiah, I love Jeremiah, chapter 9, verse 23 through 24, says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Your ability to lift all that weight is because of me, man. 
You achieved what you achieved? It's because I've given you the wisdom and the ability to do it. And I delight in doing that. Now, what should you speak? Last part here. I know we're over, but let's finish this last part. What should you speak? Always speak the truth. Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 25. You should speak God's words rather than your own opinions or man's philosophies. If you're going to speak, and you should speak, you should be speaking truth. You should be speaking the word of God, not your opinion or the philosophies of man. Speak only words fitting for the appropriate and time with this appropriate sound doctrine regards to what you're communicating. Titus 2.1 You're also to speak psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Ephesians 5.19 So you're supposed to speak the truth. You're supposed to speak God's word rather than man or your own opinion. Use only wholesome words that give grace to those who hear. Do not tear down. Do not belittle others. Don't call them stupid. You are always wrong and you're a failure. You have nothing to value. That is tearing down someone. But focus on meeting the need of the moment. Speak with a view to reconcile others to the Lord. Always looking, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, always looking for the opportunity, as because it says we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us to implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We're ambassadors of our Lord. We are to help people to bring them back to Christ. We are to also speak to give witness for the Lord. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Speak to give witness for the Lord. Are you a witness for the Lord? And your speech should give thanks. It should be praising the Lord. You may be saying, I do it in my head, but do people hear you praising the Lord for those things that you find yourself in situations? Are you giving thanks to God? And then lastly, yes, truly lastly, boast of God's righteousness, mercy, justice, and his work of grace Provided through Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 20, verse 7. It says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Biblical communication. Not easy. It is something we must practice, practice, practice. And practice and practice speaking biblically with one another.